Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right guys hey uh, i'd like to welcome you to the rowdy maglife show tonight and uh coming right up right now we got guys we're lucky enough to have the driver for venturing motorsports this weekend at dover jake finch welcome to the show jake Hey, how's it going? Glad to have you here, man, Jake. Uh, when you walk, let's 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 just start with how, how did Jake get started? Did you start go karts or quarter midgets, Jake? Uh, go karts. Yep, go karts. Moved on go karts, and then you went into late models, and you know, you I've I've wa- actually watched you race uh, snowball derby. I mean, man, uh, you raced against some really good competitors at snowball derby, Jake. Yeah, that's right. There was a bunch of them, so it was, uh, it was a good race to be in, get it, gain a lot of experience, so I was glad to be there. So, uh, Jake, I've been to Venturini Motorsports. Was you wild when you walked in the door in the, into their shop? <clears throat> I mean, I would say a little bit. I mean, it was, it was not, it's obviously nice equipment, you know, it's uh, great people, um, good place to be at, and just excited to be there, but... Um, yeah, I was wowed by the nice equipment and all the people there, but um, with my dad, you know, being in the sport and everything like that, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a very nice shop, you know, but I, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you, uh, when you go somewhere a lot of times, you know, and you keep going to like these places, like they all kind of look the same, you know what I mean? So it was yeah. a, um, it was a nice shop, uh, nice cars, nice place, good people, good place to be around, really good and loving environment. So um, yeah, wowed was, wowed was a good, good, uh, Good, good, good thing to say. Uh, Jake, watched you race a lot at Five Flags and, and other uh, asphalt, but you was on concrete. How'd you prepare for the concrete versus asphalt? Uh, you know, the concrete was a, a big factor in it. Um, but I, I don't know if I prepared for the concrete itself, you know what I mean? But more or less the, the track track in general you know with the with the steep banking of the place and just you know obviously it's named the monster mile for a reason um so prepared for it you know just talking to the people that i know um obviously all the uh good resources at venerini motorsports really helped me uh become prepared for that that uh monster so um didn't really prepare for the surface itself but more or less the track and just using my resources through venerini motorsports and and my dad, and just just going there and trying to tame the monster. Jake, you have Kyle here. Uh, my first question for you is, uh, can you talk a little bit about your family and racing? Obviously, your grandfather running the NASCAR Bush Series team for many years and, you know, running some cup starts. I mean, you know, what's it, what's it like growing up in a racing family? Yeah, you know, my dad had a um, – was, was has always been very involved in – in NASCAR and racing in general. So um, it wasn't, I didn't really grow up in it, I would say, because, you know, due to my dad really didn't want me to get started in racing because of how expensive it is. And he was getting out as really, I was, you know, growing up. Um, he was really 
in his prime, you know, 90s, early 2000s. And I was born in 05, and he really kept me away from it. He was always gone racing and stuff. So I really grew up playing baseball and just um, always kind of being at the house and him going on races and stuff like that. And I never really got to go to the races much. And so to be able to be around it with my dad and everything was a pretty cool experience. And I've kind of always wondered how it really works. And so then um, I wanted to get involved in racing, and we started getting involved in racing. And that's kind of really just how it how it came together, you know. It's just a really it started off as a good bonding experience for me and my dad to kind of just, you know, something he liked, something I liked. And it was just something we really did as a bonding experience. Really never thought we'd get this far into it. But uh, growing up in the racing family has kind of been a good thing to me and uh, really helped me learn not only in racing but in life in general, you know. Uh, how did your ARCA debut go? Um, you were with Phoenix Racing for that at Pensacola. I mean, what what was it like to, to get behind the wheel of a big-body stock car like an ARCA car? Yeah, I mean, it was a cool experience. You know, I didn't really have much expectations going into that weekend, you know. Um, the only thing that really helped with me going into my ARCA debut was going to a place that I was familiar with. Um, Pensacola, like you said, I raced a snowball derby there and uh, races, you know, ever since I've really started racing and kind of got it into full-size stock cars, you know, and just really getting in there. But um, it went very well. You know, we I think we fin- finished practice like third or something like that, and then we qualified third. Ran ran third and second for about 150 laps, and then we came in for that last last pit stop and um, had, a, had a flat tire going down for that last 50 laps of the race and just really upset the car. And so you can't pit unless the tire is completely flat on the rim in ARCA. Um, I guess that's due to, like, the competition cautions and everything, how they're not live pit stops. So um, that kind of hurt us um, and was a big, very big bummer to kind of have to pull off the racetrack in that race, you know, a race that we were running so well at. But I, I wasn't very upset, you know, because we had a really good ARCA debut. We showed great speed, ran up front all night. So there wasn't really much to be mad about, you know. My last question for you is you're coming to my home track of Pocono in July. Um, you know, what are you looking to get out of your super speedway debut and with the history, the good history that Venerini has at the tricky triangle? Yeah. You know, I'm very excited to be able to go there. You know, my dad, I think my dad team won an ARCA race or two there with, with Purvis and Pocono and back in the nineties and stuff and kind of always seen that trophy. And then also with the great reputation that Venerini has at Pocono, um, really gives me a good shot and good opportunity with good equipment to be able to go to a track that I've never been a, been at, especially my super speedway debut, like you said. And so to be able to go to that track and have that good equipment and the good resources behind me, just be a good learning experience and all, and uh, <clears throat> hopefully learn a lot, uh, run all the laps. And if we run up front, we run up front, you know. So hopefully it goes the way that we want to go. And um get good experience and I'm really excited to go there. I've actually never been to Pocono in general to watch a race or anything. I've always watched them on TV. So I'm very excited to be able to go there, you know, so um, I'm excited for it for sure. Uh, Jake, before you get off here, let's talk just a few minutes about your super late models. What's your plans on super late model for the rest of the year? Yeah. You know, I think super late models uh, is my, is my main gig, you know, so um, I race this weekend in the uh, Super Late at Nashville and then North-South Super Late Model Challenge. Um, Hunter Lapper there. And then I also raced the Archer car the same night with my dad's Archer car. So that'll be a good experience as well to kind of get prepared in the big car for Pocono. 
And then uh, we're really we're running a lot of super races this year. So most of the Southern Super Series races. And then obviously, like, we're going to go to the All-American 400, Snowball Derby again, the Governor's Cup, maybe a few more in there that uh, my dad throws in there. But really, we're really running a lot of super late model races, trying to get experience, um, just seat time, really, to try to be able to get it. Because uh, uh, I'm getting fast-tracked pretty pretty fast, like I like to say. So um, to get seat time and get experience for the next level is just always good. So running a lot of super late model races and still running my outlaw stock late model at Pensacola. So a lot of seat time this year and excited for the super this weekend too. A lot of good racers in that, uh, series too. Uh, got to be great experience racing against people like Bubba Parler and Nasty. I mean, and, yeah. and Chandler Smith. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible. That's some good talent right there. Oh yeah. It's probably, you know, some of the best talent in the country. So, uh, to be able to race against those guys week in and week out, it's just a very good, uh, underappreciated, um, thing I get to do, you know, to be able to race against Bubba and Steven, those guys that I've been watching since crap since I was five or six years old, you know, I've been watching Bubba uh, at Pensacola and stuff too. So to be able to race against him and be on the same track as him, as, as him and Casey Roderick, who I've also, you know, my dad's helped throughout the years and to be able to like, I've always been around them, hanging out with them since I was little and to be able to actually race against them is pretty cool. So every time I'm with them on the track and there's a picture, I like get the picture and print it out because I just think it's really cool, you know, in general. So um, I think it's a pretty cool experience and uh, a very underappreciated thing I get to do every weekend to be able to race against my idols like those guys. So um, I'm excited for it, and it's just a good deal I get to do, you know. I'm blessed to have the opportunity that I have and to be able to drive these race cars, you know, for my dad and Venerini as well. So um, blessed for the opportunity and just hope hope it keeps on keeping on. Jake, well, before you get off here, one more thing. How do you take that uh, little bump over there at Nashville in turn two? In turn two, off the two, you know, I just try, <laughs> I try to hit it as straight as I can be, you know. It's a, it's a very gnarly bump, you know. Um, you can go on racing and all those things and, and go over it as much as you want, you know. But um, it's, a, it's a lot worse than you think, you know. It's pretty bad. Uh, try to hit that thing pretty straight every time. And I think there's also one thing that they don't talk about at Nashville very much is there's a pretty hefty bump out of four too, you know, you go off of four and it kind of throws your head down right off of four. And so, um, I love that track, you know, I, I've actually not been able to, I don't run very good there. Like I don't, I don't have a lot of speed there. I kind of just run like mid to like high top tens, you know, just, uh, there, but I love the track, you know, usually places you don't run super good at, uh, you don't like very much, but I've, I like it a lot, and so hopefully we get to turn that around. I've only been there twice, so I should probably cut myself a little bit of slack. So um, I'm very excited to be able to go there, and uh, I love that place. So all the history, you know, my dad has there, and just the history in general, um, I love that place. Well, I think it's in good shape. I got to attend the NASCAR banquet this year, and just about every driver talked about saving the fairgrounds. So I think we're in good shape there. But, you know, uh, Tony Formosa was a promoter and a driver racer. He'd been on the show promoting the All-American 400, and he told the story every time that Dale Sr. told Dale Jr. that he had to go race at the fairgrounds because if he could race there, he could race in any track in NASCAR. So, That's right. I love, I love that place, and I'm glad it gets to keep stay around. Let's talk about your sponsors there, Jake, that makes you go around. Yeah, you know, I, I I like to think, you know, obviously my dad was Phoenix Construction, and uh, 
all the other uh, companies that help me out. You know, I got uh, Arai Helmets that helps me out, Alpine Star, and um, Swiss Springs, PFC Brakes, all those guys that um, help me out quite a bit. And uh, so racing electronics and just uh, glad to be able to have people that support me. And the people, the thanks, the guys that work in the shop and get you to the track there. Okay. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously my crew chief, Johnny Allen, uh, with, with my dad in Phoenix Racing. And then, uh, you know, um, Eddie Mercer, who really helps me with my driving in general. He helps me out a lot, and I just like to thank him, obviously. And uh, my dad, obviously. Um, all the Venerini Motorsports guys on the 25 that helped me this weekend, really appreciate them, and Kevin Reed Jr. And uh, all those guys. Um, that helped me out, helped me go around. Is uh, I just like to thank them, obviously. And where can they keep up with you, Jake, this season? Yeah, uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter is James Finch with two S's, and uh, Facebook is James Finch. I know I'm Jake Finch, but my real legal name is James Finch, so uh, that's kind of what my social media handles are. <laughs> so, do you ever get time to go to the beach? Because you're, you're kind of my you know, boy. It's kinda, that's right. You know, I try to as much as I can. I actually don't go to the beach a lot. Um, a lot of my friends and I have boats, uh, like center consoles and stuff. So we'll all go hang out at uh, Shell Island here in here in Panama City. So um, we go hang out there and have fun. And I try to go to the beach a little bit. You know, it's kind of like anything. If you live somewhere all your life, all those tourist activities kind of get a little flushed out. So um, I try to stay on the water quite a bit, though. I've got about, I've had probably off and on about close to 30 years in Panama City. My mom and dad had a motel in the 60s down there, and then I had a place back in the early 2000s and late 90s. So it's a place to love, right. Jake. Looking forward to seeing you race again, my friend. I know I'll be at Pocono with Kyle, so get to see you. At the Heck yeah, well, y'all need to come see me. I'd like to see y'all. Hey, Jake, coming by, man. Count on it. Looking forward to it. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all having me on here. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jake. All right, Kyle. Thank you, sir. See you. I'll see you, guys. Thank you, Jake. Yes, sir. See y'all. Well, Kyle, that's Jake now. And for the ones that are uh, paying attention, we got Brett Holmes coming up next. Uh, Brett was at Talladega, and, and I'm, I would almost make sure I'm – Feel sure that he's going to probably be at uh, Darlington this weekend. Kyle, have, we'll let him fill us in on that one. Rowdy came very close to winning at Talladega uh, when the Whoa. caution flew. Uh, Nick Sanchez was just ahead of Brett Holmes. Uh, I know Brett probably really wanted that victory really bad. And, uh, you know, uh, he is not – on the entry list for the uh, the race is at uh, Darlington, but we will find out here shortly if he will be uh, running or not. I, I tried to look, Kyle, and I didn't just run out of time. Wow, uh, Jake's busy, man. I, I, I knew when I got started on that light model stuff that uh, he's got a full schedule and light model under his dad, Phoenix Racing. You know, Rowdy, I forgot to ask him. I, I thought maybe James was his grandfather, but I guess that's his dad. So uh, I just want to apologize for that. Um, kind of slipped my mind there a little bit. But, uh, yeah, 
Um, the Finches, you know, with all the success they've had in NASCAR um, and the cup level and also on the Xfinity, Xfinity Series side, um, you know, they had a, one of, of, of Berwick PA's own Jimmy Spencer drive their car at one point uh, with the Yellow Transportation as a sponsor in the early 2000s. So uh, there's the little PA tie to it. And uh, hey, Rowdy, Kyle. I think we have our next guest. A- absolutely. I'd like to bring on, and he's no stranger to the show, been trying to get him on for a while. I'd like to welcome Brett Holmes. Welcome, Brett. Hey, guys. How's it going? Man, Brett, uh, still shaking my head after Talladega, man. What a race you put on, dude. That uh, that 23 <laughs> uh, Golden Eagle, you had, you had it soaring, didn't you, Brett? Yeah, you tell me, man. We um, I, I was a good bit worried to the race. We we stayed really stuck from that seventh to tenth spot for a good portion of the race, and uh, really, really at the end there, when we got on the outside, we just uh, I think we pushed better than anybody else out there. So um, we I think on the outside on that little um, last restart to the end, we pushed probably three cars to the front, which they all went to the inside, and we still. Um, came up through there, so um, you know it, it's tough. You, you can't ever plan for a race to end like that. Unfortunately, um, you know the series and the track is is stuck with you know a certain amount of allotted TV time and also a window for the Xfinity race. So um, just really unfortunate circumstances. I, I think you know a lot of the wrecks that happened through the race were you know 15th on back and really just dumb wrecks. So that didn't help that that case but um yeah it just it just sucks knowing that you were, we were that close to uh finally pulling that one off well brett well you know you you started out across the street in the dirt and you know what's your thoughts as you come back in to, to race on saturday morning what what's your feelings when you go through that tunnel knowing that you're fixing to hit that big super speedway again um, you know, it definitely, uh, it definitely hits different. You know, we, uh, um, just knowing the history that I've, that me and my dad have had at, at the, uh, dirt track, Teletica short track, um, you know, definitely brings a lot of that, uh, pressure on ourselves to, to do really well over there and, and, and to want to do well. Um, and not, not just for herself, but, you know, for those people too. And, you know, knowing them, knowing that's where we came from and, um, you know, showing that to others. And um, it, it is definitely a good bit of the added pressure. And obviously with having a lot of friends and family there is uh, the other half of it, I think, But uh, and growing up in that area. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, that worried me a lot more as I first started racing at Talladega. And, you know, I've, I've raced there a few times now. So um, it's, uh, it's de- the nerves have definitely got a little bit easier to control. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, like I said, it, it's been this race and, and last year's race, we two completely different races, but, uh, just, you know, wish we, uh, we, we've been close, uh, the last couple of times. It's hard not to, not to, not to get it. Well, Brett, what you got on, the, what's your agenda for this year? What's next? Well, you know, of course, we're still, you know, we're running part-time in ARCA and the truck series um, still. So, um, you know, with Connor Mozak and our ARCA car a good bit, um, he, he'll be running uh, Kansas and, and Charlotte this next this month. Uh, uh, the ARCA race is coming up. So, 
uh, and I'll be doing Texas, I think, in the middle of all that, but in the truck series. So we're just kind of, you know, you know, picked and chose some races that we think are better suiting us and will also help us down the road and growing our team. Um, you know, I'm looking uh, looking forward to seeing how Connor will do at these these speedways. I, I think we've we've always had a really good mile and a half package, and um, you know we've got a couple of new new Arca cars, so I think we'll fare up really well at those races. Um, you know, like I said, it's just uh, it, it, the Truck Series is a, a lot bigger undertaking than the Arca Series. So trying to grow your team, you know, to get to that point of running full time again, a bit longer time. So um, we're, we're working to that goal, and I hope hoping we get there soon. Brett, you have Kyle here. Um, can you talk a little bit about working with other drivers? I, I know you had Sam Mayer in the car last year, and you're working with Connor Mosack this year. Uh, what's that relationship been like, um, you know, you being a team owner and a mentor to these younger drivers? Yeah, I mean, I uh, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I, I don't – I mean, I, I don't want that to be my, uh, you know – uh, stigma just around me is that I, that's, you know, that's all I'm here to do is to work with younger drivers. You know, of course I have my own goals in, in racing that I want to accomplish and wins and championships, but I also want to, you know, help in, in others, uh, in others goals too. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, Sam was, a you, you know, just you're dealing with different drivers every time and it, you know, they have their own strengths and their own weaknesses and, really dissecting that and, and figuring out where they need the most help at is probably the, the biggest or the first thing you're having to, to think about or take on. And uh, that's, you know, that's that has, uh, a lot of fun in itself. You know, I mean, I, of course, Sam and Connor both have came from a road racing background. Um, Sam has ran a little bit, you know, when I worked with Sam, he's obviously ran a lot more ARC races and uh, won in both the ARCA and truck series a good bit. So, um, Connor hasn't raced in ARC as much, so he's still kind of in that beginning learning process of uh, these bigger stock cars, and um, so teaching him a lot of things that I first, you know, took me, uh, you know, uh, years to learn, um, and uh, getting to apply that in your first few races is, is definitely a big help for uh, both sides. Can you talk a little bit about the competition in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series? Um, you know, so many drivers in that series. I mean, what what have you seen so far in your races? And, you know, what it, what what's the competition level been like? Man, it's been uh, really tough. I, I really think it's um, the most competitive um, outside of the Cup Series. It's just uh, there's a lot of good teams, a lot of teams bringing great equipment to the track. Um you know, it's it's just all really close. I mean, you look down the list, the entry list, and, I mean, you can name, you know, 20, 25 drivers who have, like, you know, oh, man, they've they've done something big or accomplished something big. So that's um, that says a lot for the series. And, you know, um, it, it's one of the series you can get into and, and uh, be a lifer into it, I guess you could say. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's extremely competitive, though. I think it's – Help me a little bit, just be a lot more sharper and, and aggressive, uh, especially on restarts and um, you know making any adjustments. It's just a lot tighter field. You know, you got to work harder and um, be better to uh, uh, to win in that series. And, and when you do, it's uh, a lot more accomplishing. 
my last question for you is uh you're out of school now uh what's 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 the what's the real world been like for you um after graduating college and now you know being now you're being a nascar and arca and you know that kind of almost being your job now well you know it's kind of funny i actually think about this this uh the scene from billy madison probably way too often where he's like shaking this little kid and he goes Stay in school as long as you can, and that's that's uh, what I think back to is I'm in the grown-up world uh, and the stress and and how much work you're, you're put on and, and the responsibility. It's a lot. It's nothing like nothing like school is, or it's a lot more laid back and um, you know it, it's uh, it, it's very tough. I mean, I, I really enjoy what I'm doing uh, and seeing our own companies grow grow here at home, um, and I uh, you know it, it's just. Uh, it's a lot, man. It's uh, I'm trying to uh, trying to buy some land and, and build a house, and it's uh, and you're like it's 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 a, it's a tough world, that's for sure. <laughs> Boy, now the pressure coming. You start building the house now, Brad. Now you're really talking grown up. Right, but that's yeah, good. Yeah. So, yeah, Brad, yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun process for sure. It's just a lot. It's a big undertaking. It's a big change from college, you know. I tell kids, hey. Enjoy life when you can, because when the adult moves in, kind of life kind of slows. It changes completely. It's, it's got changes completely. So, Brett, one more, few more things before you leave. I missed you on the boulevard. I got to take Willie Mullins on Friday night and his crew. And Willie, we was up on top of uh, Show Me Dega. They got had a nice tower over the band, and Willie looked at me and he says, "You know." We work ourselves to death on Friday, and I don't understand why we haven't been out here on Friday night no sooner. So I don't think I'm going to have to sell him on the boulevard. I think he's going to be looking forward to it. But, Brett, it's it was jam-packed, man. I want to be – if I could do the same thing Red Farmer does at the dirt track except doing it on the boulevard at 90 Grant, I'd be a happy camper. <laughs> Hey man, I was out there Friday night. You just didn't see me. I was on the float with the, uh, uh, you know, Harrison Burton, and Cole Custer, and Jeffrey yeah. Hart. We were doing that big one on the boulevard, and uh, I was out there what? for a little while on Friday. But that's the if night you, before the race. You can't really get too rowdy or nothing, you know. Well, I, I understand that, but I, I was following the float for probably a, over a quarter of a way, and then I just let up. That uh, Wendy's eighteen wheeler. With that smokestack, pretty awesome, wasn't it? Behind you, or was that the one y'all was on? No, we, that was behind. Us. Yeah. Hey, Rowdy, uh, Sean's uh, in the green room right now. He's he's he said he'll wait. You'll we'll serve up in uh, uh, Southern States Bank for you know their help this season, and uh, you know of course you can keep up with our racing and uh, any news and, and schedule updates as far as uh, as far as that goes on our uh, Facebook page at Realms Racing or my website. Brett, I appreciate you spending some time with us. Looking forward to seeing you again, my friend. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, Brett. Brett Holmes, guys. Thanks, Brett. All right. Hey, we go. We're going to go right from Brett, guys, and we're going to welcome on to the show. Actually, he's been, we've recorded some stuff live at the track, but now he's calling into the show, driver of the number eight Chevrolet, Sean Cole. Welcome to the show, to the show Sean. 
Thanks, guys. How you How you all doing? Sean, it's uh, been a beautiful day here. Uh, Kyle's Kyle's happy. We got four guests tonight. We're two down, and you're the number three and one to go. But uh, Sean, I got to see you at Talladega, but I didn't actually hear what happened to your car. Well, your guess is as good as mine. I, I was uh, If there was any way to describe it, I would have described it as like uh, an old distributor carbureted car. Like I had two spark plug wires backwards, but we, yeah. had, a, we had a pretty bad miss going, um, which I, I picked up. I could feel in, um, in practice, and uh, we had changed a bunch of stuff before the, uh, the race. We changed um, – uh, we put eight plugs in it, eight plug wires, eight coil packs, trying to, trying to diagnose it. And, um, and that's the reason we had to go to the tail right off the start, uh, was cause we had, uh, we had to do, um, we had to do changes to try to fix the miss in the engine. And it just, uh, it never got better. And finally we were out running. I, I think we made it up to like lap 20 something, tw- somewhere in the twenties. And I just, we had brought, came in, we had changed, uh, the wire and trying, trying to fix it. We had a, a dead cylinder and uh, we just couldn't fix it, and we're like, you know, instead of hurting an engine, let's let's uh, let's pull in, and at least we'll have something to, to send back and and be able to fix. Well, with that being said, uh, I didn't realize I'd seen Thomas the day before. He was on the show, uh, calling in the night before. You actually went in and did a relief driver for Thomas. Yeah, yeah, that, that was. Boy, that was something I've never done before. I've never been a relief driver, and, and nobody but nobody nicer than the the Prater family there. They uh, and they, the fact they trusted me with their uh, with their hot rod there yeah. that was really cool. I've, I've never had anybody who, uh, who who wanted me to drive their car. That's cool. Well, uh, Sean, how I mean, what was your challenges doing that? That was that's the whole deal. I mean, Thomas is a little taller than you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I definitely, I, I, uh, had to tippy toe the gas pedal a little bit there, but, but at least, um, we ended up blowing a, a tire, a right front tire, which, um, uh, I could just feel that when I went into one, the car started to like push and I was putting more wheel into it, more, more wheel into it. And I just started to wave the guy off and the tire popped and um and shredded the right front fender on them but we made no contact with the wall and i'm just happy that uh that i was able to bring that car back with with as minimal damage as i could at least well sean let's talk just a minute uh about your special paint scheme that you had at daytona oh yeah that was our um that's a little throwback to our, our 2008 um super dirt week uh winning car so we uh um, just something kind of cool. Uh, are you talking Daytona? You said I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that the uh, Bob's Kalowski's uh, throwback yes, car, the yes. number twenty. Okay. Yeah, the number twenty nine we had uh, at Daytona. I'm I'm sorry, I heard Daytona and my brain went straight to Talladega. <laughs> um, <clears throat> don't hit your head a lot. I'll tell you, but uh, <laughs> we uh, yeah that we we had Bob. Um, Bob Kosowski used to come to our shop a lot, and he he was he used to help us out with setups when we had no clue where we were going. He he was always good to. Hmm, I think I got a setup for that, and, and I mean we 
he'd come up, he'd help, help us out in the K-Rig. A lot of nights we spent down, we took the car down to his K-Rig and put it on on their pull-down um, in their shop. And um, which anybody who, who before um, before a race, what we they have these uh, K-Rig pull-down units that you tie off the suspend, you tie off the chassis, excuse me, to the to these hydraulic rams, and it simulates the full travel of the car for different tracks. So, um, um, so I mean, but Bob used to help us out a lot with that, with uh, with all sorts of different setups, and and uh, we. It stinks. We were, we wanted to go out when he did his last run at um on the salt flats. He had a he's a land speed record holder for the the I think the world's fastest stock car. Um, he had this uh, old Dodge Charger, um, old Cup car that I think it was 271 miles an hour with that and. 271 or 275, but anyway, he's the world record holder for the fastest stock car, and um, we wanted to go out and really see him, and he just never got to do that last run again. So it kind of it kind of stinks. From from there, his his health just started to, to um, go downhill with with his cancer that he had. But he was always a real really special to our team, and. And we just right before he passed away, we had actually asked him if we could do a, a throwback for him um, at Daytona, and, and he had he had told us that his his favorite car was the the um, the Winnebago cars, twenty nine Dodge, uh, not Dodge, this Chrysler LeBaron that he had, um, and uh, so we had st- started to get that in the works, and we were really hoping that he would have been able to, to watch it race, but he, he unfortunately had passed away before we. Before Daytona, really, really, uh, uh, right around Christmas there. So beautiful car, beautiful car. Yeah, it was. It was an honor to run it, and uh, Brian Kozlowski, he, uh, Bob's son, uh, Brad's brother, he came over and he got a picture up against the car, like he did in '95 when the when the Winnebago car last ran in Michigan. So it's it's he's got a a now and then picture. It's it's pretty funny. Hey, Sean, you have Kyle here. Uh, you know, being a guy like myself, being from the Northeast, um, what are some of the tracks that you grew up racing on? Um, cause I know you mentioned Super Dirt Week, Syracuse, the Moody Mile. Uh, where else did you race uh, before you hit the Arca scene? Well, we raced, uh, I grew up running. My first race ever was at Orange County Fair Speedway in Middletown, New York. Um so we start out in street stock there. We have a, a cha- 2005 uh, championship in dirt pro stocks. Um, uh, runner up in 04, runner up in 06. We uh, have rookie of the year. Um, pretty much Middletown's always been near and dear to my heart as far as special places to run. And, and uh, I actually, I actually just got engaged to my fiance Roxanne there. <laughs> about a month ago and it was fun she tackled me into the mud and uh we did it right down in victory lane that i during the motorsports show they had but uh we um but yeah middletown would be one um uh lebanon valley it's another one i run i kind of i did the whole dirt series uh for the pro stock series in 2009 so we did a bunch of tracks throughout new york all the way up into canada um Kind of a little bit all over the place. So Accord ran Accord a lot. 
But um, what is it about yeah. those? dirt tracks in new york i mean what what is it like you know you running at all these places i mean you know what's it what's it like to, to everybody listening i mean what what is it like for them to just you know experience a night in orange county or accord i mean what what is that experience like oh it's 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 a lot of fun i i swear if you order french fries at middletown you got to let them get at leave them out on the tailgate of the uh, trailer a little bit. Let them get a little bit of uh, the racing surface dust on them, and I swear it, it's better than seasoning. But um, <laughs> the, uh, but um, yeah, they're uh, it, that that's one thing you got to expect to come there and uh, get a little dusty. But you're also going to see some great action on any, any dirt tracks um, in the Northeast. Um, you're going to see some great racing action, a lot of sideways sliding it in. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot different from, um, from asphalt for sure. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. Anybody who's ever, who's ever, um, um, been curious about it. I, I recommend whether they, if you're out in the Midwest, you have a bunch of good tracks out there. Springfield, the coin, Eldora, Knoxville. It's, and then this Saturday, I just ran down at Withville with my, with my dirt pro stock. They have a super street series there, they call it. And it's, it's uh, a lot like our Northeast dirt pro stock. So I actually took my dirt pro stock that, that, um, that's been my 2008, um, my Syracuse winning chassis. And we just ran there this weekend, finished, finished six. So I had a good time, got covered in dirt. I spent all day yesterday washing the car, and um, that's one thing that is probably the the worst part about it is you come off the track with an asphalt car, you can normally got to just wipe it down. You have to full out take the body apart on a dirt car and wash everything. So that that would be the biggest uh, difference as far as on the driver's perspective or the or the crew's perspective. So. But um, yeah, it's definitely I, I recommend it. Every, anybody who hasn't been to a dirt track, I recommend they go. Sean, my last question for you is: uh, you've been you've been ARCA for a little bit now. Um, what's the competition been level been like when you've been there? I mean, how is it now? How is it maybe ten years ago when you were running that '82 car? When you actually put on the pole at Daytona? I mean, it's uh, you're you're running with a lot of people who have who who have worked their way up there. So ARC is very strict about um they don't let just anybody come in there um and just jump in a car. So you have to you have to actually be approved. You actually have a racing resume that shows what you've done and um so I mean you're really running with some of the best in the country. Well some of the best in the world. We have drivers who come in um from all over the globe, Daniel Suarez started out in a in a um, in an ARCA car. So I mean, there's there's a a lot of uh, a lot of really really good talent there, and I swear every year it gets it neither gets harder or I'm just getting older. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's both, John. I, I think life just it gets a little harder the older you get. Uh, Hey, what was it like hanging out with James Hilton? Because I know what it was like for me. Let, let me tell you a quote from James Hilton and tell me if it don't sound like him. This guy come up, it'd been years since he'd seen him, and James was on the other side of the wall fixing getting the car before the race. And he comes over and introduces himself 
who he was. And he says, James, is that he had something out in front of the shop had been there for years. Do you know what that was, Sean? I, I, they was something out there. Anyway, he goes, is it still out there? And, and James goes, yeah, it's still there. And he goes, uh, James looks at him and says, he, he says, where do you live at? And James says, well, it don't take much for me. I just need a couple of fried eggs every day and, a, and a, just a place to lay my head down at night. <laughs> he says, I live in a, in a trailer behind the shop. <laughs> but James to say, it just takes a couple of fried eggs and a place to lay my head down every day to make him happy. That does sound like James. So he, uh, um, he was a, he was a great man. So the the first time I ever met James, you guys still there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, there you are. Um, the first time I ever met James was my first ARCA race in 2009 in Kentucky. And uh, and I had gone to the driver's meeting, and I was kind of a little lost about where you meet for the driver intros. Do they all meet at the room where they did the driver's meeting? Do you all meet up in the French cast? Do you meet at the ARCA trailer? I was like, I was lost. I was the typical rookie. I was like freshman. I, I was like a freshman on first day of high school. I had no idea where to go. And um, um, yeah, I, I saw James walk around the – the garage and I'm like, hey, Mr. Hilton, I have no idea. And they, they, you know, they'd scare you a little bit. Oh, don't miss introductions. You will be, um, you will be sent to the tail if you miss it. And I, uh, so I come, Mr. Hilton, you know, I, I just don't know where to go. You know, what do you normally do? And he's like, well, young man, he goes, you, you, you just like put, he actually put his arm around me and he's like, you, uh, if you walk with me and we're late, as long as you're with me, they're not going to yell at you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, sir. So that was my first time ever meeting James. He he didn't know me from Adam and literally took me under his wing and and uh, he made sure I, I was where I needed to be. So it was uh, it was he he uh, he was always really good to us and and. We Empire Racing built his last car that he ever competed with, and we um um we it's just a good looking car too. That was a really nice yeah. looking car, Sean. Oh, that brown and white eighty a forty eight car. That was uh that was we had a lot of fun building that. We built that with Roush and everybody, and and um and uh, it was just and from there James James asked me if I'd run the forty eight for a while and and um. I mean, it was it, it was it was an honor to to have James Hilton ask me to do that, and it was um, it was very cool. So I, I, every time I go to Talladega, I always get a I always get a little uh, choked up because it's the uh, last yeah. time I ever saw him. So it was just, me too. It was really sad. What happened to that car, Sean? You know where it went? The 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 car that James actually raced. No, that forty-eight the car one. there that y'all built. Oh, the the, 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 so the last, the last car that James raced. Yeah. Yep, that one. Um, that one actually we had uh, before the composite compo- composite bodies had come in. We had ran that at a track, and it it had ended up um, it had ended up getting spun. And then somebody drove into the back of it and and, uh, yeah. 
and unfortunately he got totaled. But it um. It's a good looking uh, car when it came out. Yeah, well, that was all a wrap, and uh, we had we had kept it with the James logo on it with the James number and the right the way he ran it for about a year, and uh, and then we had then we had to had to put it back into the fleet of cars and and use it again. Um, unfortunately, I wish we had, I wish we had kept the body on it. So. Uh, Sean, let's talk about the people who help you get to the racetrack, man, because it, it you you can't do it solely on your own. Oh no, no. We have um Grumpy Michael Cheek. He's our uh he's our team manager slash uh crew chief. And um we have Kevin, we have um um uh, Kyle, my spotter, he's he's gets to yell at me every week. <laughs> so um uh and uh well my dad, my 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 girlfriend Roxanne, she comes to the track with me every week. I I won't let her not go anymore. So she's uh, ever since we finished fourth at Daytona, and she the, when she first went to Daytona, we finished fourth. And I said, nope, you're my lucky charm. She can't leave. So, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, we uh, we uh, have a, a a nice little racing family there at Empire Racing. So, and you sponsor that helps you go. Oh yeah, definitely got to thank them. So we have, we have Nesco Bus, the Trans Group, uh, Nesco Bus and Truck Sales. They're out of um, Long Island, New York. So they're a Freightliner, Thomas School Bus dealer, and um, Trans Tech Bus. They're a manufacturer. They build the uh, um, small buses out of New York. So they're they're uh, they've been putting us out for a long time since even on my dirt car, along with Nesco. Nesco's even been on my dirt car. They were on my dirt car in 2008 when we won Syracuse. And uh, we just we have uh, Empire Metalworks. They're out of um, upstate New York. They build anything from fire trucks to snow plows. It's they're pretty cool. And um, uh, Miller Welders. Miller Welders. They uh, they provide all. They actually provide all of our welders in the shop where we uh, down in Mooresville and at Empire Racing. So they're uh, they're a huge supporter to. Empire Racing with their uh, with the, with their welder contribution that they they give us and um, who else you know it's always one of those things you can you can never thank everybody <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Suffolk Suffolk Transportation Services out of Long Island they're a school bus operator they are uh, so they stepped up um, a lot for Daytona and Talladega they 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 uh, so they bought a couple sets of tires now. <laughs> So they're uh that's they're, pretty good. They're, uh, they're pretty cool. So anything anything we can do to try to get to the track we always try to do and to the next one. So So you'll be at Kansas, isn't that correct? Uh we're working on it. So we're okay. we're trying to trying to work on some sponsor stuff right now, but uh um for okay. for sure we'll be at Pocono. Um but yeah, Looking if anybody forward to Pocono. Yes, sir. So yeah, we're always looking for always look forward to, to Pocono. That for me, as far as ARCA tracks, that's uh, that's my home track. I gotta guess I'm I uh, about an hour and forty five minutes from home to to Pocono Speedway. So, so Sean, if somebody was looking to put their name sponsor on a car, where can they find find you at? Oh, uh, uh, now that you can hit us up on uh, Facebook, we're um, 
under Empire Racing Group or uh, Empire Racing Group. I think it's EmpireRacingGroup.com. Um, we have uh, to get some more info on the team and um, um, and it, uh, our you know one of the most important pers- people on the team are our marketing our uh, marketing department. They can get in touch with Christy. She's uh, um, she'd be happy to give them some more information about. Um, how we can get some designs and everything on the car there. So that's uh, definitely give us a call. Absolutely. I don't know if I can get can say the phone number for the race shop or not. I don't know. You can, Sean, if you want to. Oh. Or follow Empire okay, Racing. Yeah. yeah, go to Empire Racing or uh, 704-664-8882 is our uh, our shop phone number. And that sponsorship gets you get to kind of hang out. You can get where you can hang out. With you at during the race, isn't that right, Sean? Absolutely. Yeah, we have. I mean, we have people who uh, who they bring a bunch of their employees and make it an employee day. So, <laughs> but don't expect you know sirloin or anything. You better be better be uh, set Racing for hot food. dogs and hamburgers. There oh, you yeah. go. <laughs> All right, Sean. Thanks a lot for being part of the show, and congratulations to you and Roxanne. And hope y'all have a great, great life together, my friend. Uh, thanks, Rowdy. Thank you guys for having me on the show, and uh, um, be happy to be uh, on, on any time you guys need me. So sounds great, Sean. Looking forward to seeing you at the track, my friend. Yes, sir. You guys have a good evening. Thank you. Right. At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver, and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because NAPA understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road, that I realize I'm at the wrong track. All right, Kyle. Uh, Man, it's been one guest after another, but Kyle... We got Colin back in this year like like he did last year after Dover. You got to cover Dover with him, but this year Terry got to cover Dover, and I'd like to welcome back to the show Terry Norm, who was at – well, actually, he's from Farm Hill, Maryland, but he was at the race this past weekend – or this past weekend at Dover. Welcome, Terry. Hey, thank you, Rowdy. Uh, Terry, pleasure think, to be on your show again. Thank you. I think uh, you picked the right day to go. Well, I'll tell you, we lucked out. We lucked out because I do like the Xfinity series. Uh, I don't follow it nonstop. I'm a, I'm a pretty busy guy, but um, Dover, I get my NASCAR fixed down Dover. It's about a, it's about an hour from Fairhill, Maryland here, so it's a nice ride down Route One. And uh, man, we had a treat because we took a couple friends that have never been to a NASCAR race, so yeah, we brought them time. with us. And uh, uh, buddy's name's Tony, and his wife had a great time. Had a great time. So the uh, so the weather could not have been any better. It was about seventy degrees, low humidity. So I know the drivers were excited. They were excited just to get out on the track and uh, pole car, pole car. Brandon Jones. Uh, Lap time, 22.872. Uh, Sam Mayer, car number one, was second. 
So green flag dropped around 1.51 p.m. in the afternoon. Uh, not a cloud in the sky, good sunshine. Uh, green flag, uh, 19 car right out front, uh, running some nose to tail. He kind of pulled away from them, guys. He, you know, he uh, he was running low on the turns. You know, he was getting it rolling. Starts out by about 10 cars. Lap 11, good clean racing. Uh, first loose car we noticed was lap 19, car 44. He was, I think he was getting side by side and got a little loose, danced around a little bit. Um, uh, David Starr and Jeremy Clemens at lap 22 through the first caution. They got a little twisted up. Um, up to about that point, car eight, Josh Barry. Of course, everybody knows we want to keep an eye on him. He took fuel, four tires, uh, and they had to repair the wall from that previous wreck right at the start-finish line. They were working on it for a little bit, had a couple trucks out there. So it took a few laps for that. So uh, lap 27, here we go, green flag again. So we have cars uh, getting getting it rolling. And uh, it's good, clean racing. Car number one got out there, car number eight, car number seven, car number nine in the front pack. Uh Front two cars pull away by about eight to, eight to ten cars in front. Uh, everybody kind of behaving. They weren't getting too aggressive yet. They got some time to go. Uh, lap 30, turn two, one car passes a 19 car, pulls five cars out. He was getting hooked up, following that low groove. Uh, you guys watching it, you know, you notice they're getting a little bit of rubber down on that low groove towards the middle of the track. Look good, clean racing, lap 44. Uh, seven car was looking really good at this point. He was he was moving right along. So about that time, at end of stage one, winner for stage one is uh, Sam Mayer, car number one, opening stage. So he was out front. Here's your favorites, car number one out front. Uh, followed by car seven, number eight car, 19 car, 18 car, 54. So only one caution in stage one, so we're saying, hey, look, weather's good, humidity's low, these cars are rolling. They're looking pretty good, a little bit of door-to-door. I think I saw three wide uh, earlier in that segment. That's about it, just one time. They were pretty much, you know, nose to tail for a while getting spread out. So uh, number seven car, tires, snow coat fuel, windshield tear, uh, no adjustments. I did not see many adjustments on these cars. Hmm. I didn't see many wrenches put in the back window for a wedge adjustment. I think I only noticed one or two. Um, so, Rowdy, what do you think? That, uh, that means those guys were hooked up. They were pretty pleased at that point. Yeah, so it sounds like the rubber, the track was coming into them. as laying the rubber down. It was down. coming into them. Yeah. I tell you, I, say, I, I listened a little bit today coming home from work, and I, I know that the track was not as 
not as nice as Saturday. You know, they had the rain fall in, and, you know, they had to think about it. And it, it was pretty warm up here today. I think it was about 78, and the humidity was a little up. But anyway, um, lap 54, green flag, 19 car back up in front, 54, 8, 7, 18. 19 car, man, he was he was pulling away. He was looking really good. And uh, 44 car gets loose and almost hits the wall in turn four. Runs a few laps, then goes behind the wall, lap 69. Um, car 54 was running door to door with 19 car, but can't pass him. They were going at it for a little while. 19 car was running the middle of the groove at this point. Um, everybody kind of behaving himself. A little, little bit of, you know, a little bit of tightness, scratch a fender here and there, nothing major. Uh, 54 car was running the low groove. A lot of cars, you start to see them moving up the track a little bit, you know. Um, like I say, turn one and two had some good rubber laid down in the lower middle groove. So let's step up to lap 77. Uh, leaders were coming into lap traffic at that point. So, you know, those guys were moving around, letting them by a little bit. 54 car started dropping back, wasn't holding his position. Uh, Acme car, 18 car, left front tire went down, and he hit the wall. Then he went behind the wall. They couldn't fix it. Um, we were sitting, like, like Rowdy and the guys know, I like sitting right at the entrance to Pitt Road. Uh, <laughs> love turn four there. Just a lot of action. You can see that front stretch. You can watch the back end of the car, see those guys shifting around, seeing how they're getting loose in that little dip there going into the straightaway. Um, so that was a good time in that turn. Lap 90. 99 car went loose, hit the wall in turn two. Stage two winner, number seven car, Justin Allgaier. He was looking pretty good at this point. Uh, lap 98, green five, seven and eight car, door to door. Uh, then the Stephen car, Stephen Parsons car, tagged the wall, turn four. Uh, Rolling some laps, rolling through some laps. Close to lap 102 now. 19 car falling back at this point. He was out of the top 15, and uh, he was just falling back. Uh, lap 108, green flag. All guy way out in front. Um, 114, 19 car now moving back up into the 15 position. Uh Let's move up to lap 125. 19 cars at the 12th position now. He was, I guess he was feeling pretty good, man. His car was just liking the track at this point. Finding sweet spots on the track, moving up in position. Uh, Rowdy's got a busy show tonight, so I'm going to jump up to lap 146. Eight car passes a seven car. Now we're talking. Uh, see these guys rolling along, getting hungry, starting to push it a little harder. Uh, like I say, we're 
we're, we're three quarters done and no suspension adjustments, just a couple cars, man. They were looking good. Yeah. Uh, what lap 157, number four car blew a rear. Uh, he, he leaked some fluid on the track right in front of us, right at turn four. Took a little while, clean it up. Um, like I say, he broke a rear ring and pinion, must have cut something or an axle come out partially. That was the fifth caution. Josh Barry's out front, pit stops, last pit stops. These guys are rolling in. Now they're feeling good because they don't have to worry about fuel mileage. So they top it off with some Snowco racing fuel. Four tires, they're ready to rock and roll. Gas mileage is out the window now. They can let it go. Don't have to worry about that problem. Uh, green flag, lap 166, number eight car, Josh Barry out in front, seven cars, second place. Pretty much this is what it was till the end of the race. Um, Josh Barry car was out front by, if memory serves me right, about 12, 12 cars. Seven car was coming up at they were running out of time, so uh, checkered flag, 3.46 in the afternoon, you know, Josh Barry. And I remember the last time I was on your show, Kyle and I were talking about Josh. And, man, what a what a good team. I'm a Chevy guy, as Rowdy knows. I got a couple Chevelles. I'm a Chevy guy. Man, I was happy. Had chills all day long. Great day. Um, and the last thing is, uh, Noah, Noah won the dash for cash. So he was, he was happy. Great day at Dover. Five cautions. So, you know what? A few cautions to keep it exciting. And that was Josh Barry. Yeah. That was Josh Barry's first win for 2022 in the Xfinity series. Right, Rowdy? It was. Um, Um, uh, so it was it was great. It was nice. Uh, stands were about I don't know about three quarters full, half full, half three quarters. Good day. Everybody behaving themselves. Saw the kids having fun. Great day. Hey Terry, you have Kyle here. Uh, I know you just you just mentioned it. We were talking about Josh Berry last year. Uh, he had a runner-up in the ARCA East race and also the Xfinity Series race there. Um, has your opinion changed on him at all um, now that he's had so much success in the NASCAR Xfinity Series? Yeah, I think he's got a good team. I think he's getting some belt time underneath him, some driving time. And I just think, Kyle, what I noticed in that, that other race last year, I guess it was, he knows how to move that car around and what the limitations are going into those turns and knows when to start getting aggressive like he did towards the, towards the end of the race. Um, so he was right up in the top two, I guess, about the last 50 laps, something like that. And, uh, you know, he qualified good. Josh Perry, he was number fourth qualifier. So he had a track time of 23.023 seconds. You know, he was he was right up in there in qualifying, so put him in good track position. 
and uh, just had a good, good day. And uh, Kyle, like you say, you and I talked about him, and he's just just a great guy. I watched him during the interview, you know, just a gentleman, um, calm and collective, and, uh, you know, appreciates his team, loves the fans. He, Oh, he did the Kawiki uh, victory lap. Uh, you guys remember that. He went around the track backwards, and then he, then he danced around, burned a little rubber. Good day. <laughs> remember that, Rowdy? Alan Kawiki? Uh, oh, yeah, victory man. Ain't that, the Polish lap. I mean, yeah. Polish Alan lap. Kawiki. Yeah. I, can we still say that? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, everybody's getting politically correct. But anyway, it was the Alan Kawiki <laughs> backwards lap. <laughs> backwards lap. That's what he did, man. Fans loved it. It was cool. Terry, um, man, I, I appreciate it. Uh, what did you? What did the people that you took with you? What did they think about the race? What did they think about the event overall from from start um, to finish? It's kind of cool because my buddy Tony's a military guy, man. Really. You know, it's kind of like the people I associate myself with. Just a great guy. He knows he knows about cars, and he just couldn't believe how fast they get around that track with 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 only five cautions. You know, all those cars, man, running door to door, and uh, you know, when the cars are getting left, those guys are looking in the mirror and. You know, they see them coming, and they, they move up a little bit if, uh, you know, one of the leaders is coming up underneath them or what have you. They're, they're being, you know, courteous. Um, but he's they're going back. They're going back. They'll probably be with me next year, I would think. Um, uh, so, Kyle, we missed you. You couldn't make it, I guess, huh? Unfortunately, I could not make it this year. Um, life gets in the way, unfortunately, uh, sometimes. But uh, my 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 last question for you was: uh, Are you That's still fun. working on the dragster, and how is that going? If you still are, I still have. You know what? I'm sitting here in my garage. Um, Rowdy knows our house is finished in Fair Hill. Here, we just love it. We're just doing some landscaping. I still have the car. It's ready to roll. I'm going to pull it out this year and run it, and I might take it down to the track once just to just get the blood flowing a little bit. But, um, <laughs> Kyle, you have a good memory. I love drag racing. Um, uh, actually, we're going up to Maple Grove, not this weekend, the following weekend. They're having a big drag race up there, the uh, Street Outlaw guys. So I have another friend from work that wants to go up. And I told him, I said, let's make the day of it. I'll go up with you. So uh, Maple Grove's a beautiful track. Um, And I did want to mention, guys, it's so nice living life again. Um, This COVID stuff is, and I know it's coming back a little bit, but it's just, you know, a lot of people did what they should do and, you know, or have already had it, what have you. We had it. My wife and I had it in December after Christmas. But it's just nice getting out and enjoying life again. Going to the races. You know, Rowdy? 
Yeah, I do. I mean, it's this. We're not under the gun now in the deadline room to wear a mask. It's optional, and and there's been one reporter has wore that mask diligently up until Talladega weekend, and he finally he let out. So I mean, it's yeah, it, and, and, and I'm hey, listen, I'm not not knocking him for wearing it. Don't blame him. But yeah. now it's kind of eased up. But hey, you know. At least we do have a playbook. Before these promoters at all these tracks, there we've had several of them on, and you know they just playing it by the fly. They, they, you know, there's no handbook. But now they do sort of have somewhat of a handbook. And sometimes, though, Terry, we'd we'd go to places that, on normal circumstances, all the gates would be open, and all of a sudden they funneling us down into one gate. I'm like, what the heck? Come on, use common sense. But, uh, Terry, man, I, listen, it's always great for you to take time out. And, uh, I mean, it's it's not easy to try to keep up. You watch the race, but to try to keep up with the race to talk about it later, you got to think about it a little bit. It's, it throws you into a different mindset, don't it, Terry? You know what? And, and that's why I enjoy being on your show, Rowdy. I, I do take my notes. But like today, I thought I sat back at lunchtime and I thought about the race, could picture it, and I said, "Okay, now I'm ready." Because because I know Kyle's going to pick my brain a little bit, which he always <laughs> does, and I love it because uh, you guys are so in the racing and have a great show. But okay, uh, pre- I'll do we appreciate it. I'll, I'll be the regular for Dover, Rowdy. You can put me on the payroll. That sounds like a deal, man. Uh, Kyle, you got any more? Say that again, buddy. Hey, Kyle, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. I, I, have you got anything else for Terry? Uh, Terry, is there anything you want to add? Like any any final thoughts that you have? You know, anything that that that's kind of stood out to you? Maybe in the racing season so far this year. Like, how about the how about the next gen car? Um, I don't know if you got to see the race at all today. But uh, I mean, how? I mean, what are your thoughts on it? What are your thoughts on how it races? I mean, what have you seen so far? Well, <clears throat> hey, Rowdy, how much time do we have? We have well, we got five eight, minutes. No, yeah, we got plenty of time. I, yeah, we got four, at least thirty more minutes. Okay, we got some minutes, Kyle. So you can help me because I do know. So we're talking about the new generation. Um, the new body styles on the car. A lot of a lot of people were talking about the rims. Now I don't watch every race. Can you fill me in a little bit? Now we'll talk about it. What what's Rowdy, really changed? Uh, um, go ahead, Rowdy. Uh, I'm not sure about the rims. Are we are we talking about the tire? The tires going down? Is that yeah. is that kind of what now, you were, well, you were they, leaning toward? I I think Terry, you're getting to. They went. The cup cars, the next gen, only has the single nut. They went from the lug nuts down to the single nut in it. Plus, the tires, an 18-inch tire, is it's a different, completely different size. So they are a, a one nut stud right. holding the tire on the car, right. on the rim yeah. on the car. Is that correct? Now that's that, just that's, the cup cars, Rowdy. Right, right. Actually. Terry, when I was walking down after Daytona, after the race, Steve Latart was behind me with somebody. They were strolling down there, and I'm walking. I'm about five steps in front of them, 
And I looked down pit row and, and I looked back at Steve and I said, Steve, do you see anything different down pit row tonight? And he looked at me like, no. I said, yeah. no nut lug nuts like we normally see. That was a, now they that didn't was a really. Let me just step in for a second because not many people heard about them going to that setup, did they, Rowdy? Well, it, I mean, yeah, uh, it, it's been a big story, but it hadn't really been a big story. But the big story was when they at the first race they had a couple of cars, few a few cars that went out uh, out on the track and lost the tire. It's it's a one nut operation, just like the uh, open wheel cars. Right, right. They um, went carry the number on that. They went from selling seven thousand nuts a weekend at a racetrack down to selling two thousand. So the nut yeah. the nut industries took a blow from from the single nut on the car, which hey. The car's made for great racing. Kyle can testify to that. I mean, we've really, it's really, I think it's done better than a lot of folks thought it. Kyle, what's your opinion? I think it's done better than a lot of folks have thought it was going to do. Well, from who I talked to today, um, I heard a lot of positive things about the race of Dover today. Uh, Chase Elliott did get his first one of the year for Hendrick Motorsports, making all 400 drivers into victory lane. And uh, I, I think what this new car has done is, uh, at least for me, has created parity. And, you know, we're not seeing, you know, we're seeing different, we're seeing different teams uh, d- uh, dominate every week. I mean, look at track house racing. I mean, Daniel Suarez, he's had a few shots at winning. Ross Chastain right. won at Coda. Uh, he's been running well. He finished third at Dover. Um, you know, and, and Rowdy, like, you and I were talking about this. Like, I could see somebody like Ross Chastain making the Final Four in the Phoenix. I mean, that team has been really good so far. And, you know, the way they've performed, um, you know, whether it's been Las Vegas, Phoenix, wherever, you know, they have been good. And, you know, for him to finally break into victory lane in the Cup Series was a big deal. And uh, don't count out Daniel Suarez either. Um, I know that, uh, you know, he's run well at Dover before. I know he had some trouble today. But, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's on the cusp of hitting victory lane. And I think, you know, it, it's been unusual. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of just different stories this year, whether it's been the dirt, it's been Daytona, Talladega, wherever we've been, um, you know. And I, I also think it's, it's been very important to have practice and qualifying back, um, even though it's not as much as I'd like to see, but that's what the teams are given every week. So uh, I, I think that's been helping out. Um, trying to see what this new car does. Um, we know we do go to new places, like we go to Darlington next week. Um, that's the right. first time for the new car there. So, um, you know, I, I think it's produced good racing. Mm. I haven't seen any bad thing about it. Um, the thing I, I did want to say about the tires is that, you know, these you know these tires are still falling off the cars, um, whether they're just not l- tightening uh, the lug nuts on the cars. I, I think Denny Hamlin had an issue at Dover today. Um with that, so that that still is there, um, you know, not tightening the lug nut, you know, and letting the tires uh, get away. So um, I think that's still a uh, still a concern. But uh, but I think too that you know this new car, you know, it's kind of leveled the playing field a little bit. Um, you know, you you got to see a firsthand at Daytona Rowdy, and 
you know, uh, I've been watching on TV all year, so, you know, it's produced some great racing. Um, you know, we've seen guys like Chase Briscoe and Ross Chastain get the first wins. You know, Tyler Reddick's pretty close. He's going to get it one of these days. And, um, you know, I think it's really, I think it's benefited, you know, it's, it's actually, you know, you have to drive the cars. It's not so much about the aerodynamics or anything as much as it was, but at least, you know, it's giving these drivers who, you know, who actually drive the cars uh, a chance. You know, you, you look at, like, I always say the dirt guys, you look at Kyle Larson, Chase Briscoe, Tyler Reddick, you know, how well they ran at Auto Club earlier this year, um, you know, the first race after Daytona. So, uh, you know, this new car has definitely created a lot of parity, and, uh, you know, I hope, hopefully we, we see more, more good things out of it. I know we got Darlington coming up, then we'll have the All-Star Race, Charlotte, the 600 coming up. Uh, you know, this is, this is a really grueling part of the schedule right now, Gateway, um, in June, so, uh, you know, it's definitely going to be interesting to see when we do go to these venues how the new car performs. That's two tracks I'll be at, too, Terry. I'll be at Darlington next week, and also I'll be at the Gateway at that uh, inaugural race. And Gateway, both those tracks are absolutely fast. I'm I'm looking forward to Darlington this weekend. Oh, yeah. Let's – I'll tell you, and Kyle, there was one car, I forget which one it was, they had a tire fall off the car Saturday. It was a, it was a driver's rear, and of course messed them up and a little bit of a safety issue. But let me, let me touch on something, guys, and let me just, I know a lot of your, the fans are gonna, you know, I'm an older guy, I'm 55, so, the cup cars, the race cars, make changes. Every it, it sounds like a small thing. Now, you know the fuel systems, they've changed. Some people didn't like that. But five lug nuts is old school. A lot of your older guys that loved Earnhardt, Rusty Wallace back in the 80s, 90s, man, there ain't nothing like sitting in a pit box Watching those lug nuts fly, throwing that tire on there, five lug nuts. So we're making changes, but some of your fans may not like that because it kind of resembles, you know, it's something different. It's 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 not stock, so to so to speak, like the old stock car racing. Um, you know, it's it is sign of the times, and I, even in drag racing, there's changes. The old pro stock cars had two carburetors. Now they're fuel injected. That that really upsets some of your diehard fans. Yeah. And and I I just want to ask your opinion because I know you guys have heard this, and it might make us all think that some of the fans may say, like, you know, hey, it's it's something that's it's getting too far out there. I'm turned off by it. I don't know. There's, like I say, man, I used to love those old Rusty Wallace pit stops, man. Them guys, those lug nuts flying, it was just, it, it, it gives you chills, man. So that's, and I do realize I, I always appreciate the safety issues, and I know there's going to be changes. But what do you guys think about the fans aspect of some of these changes? Well, we've heard the drums beating. I, you know, I Terry, what I would have thought I would have heard the biggest complaint about was, you know, the cup cars now are composite body. 
I would have heard, I thought I would have heard more people complain about that, not being a steel body than anything, but the racing has been so good because they hadn't been cutting down the tires like they used to. Remember the bump and rub yeah. a little bit and somebody had bend in the fender and it, it cut into the tire. That usually does not happen with a composite. Now, they fall apart and bust all the pieces, but nobody's really complained about that. I I don't know what they're going to do about the tire situation as far as keeping them on, because Kyle, Terry, the championship could roll down between tire staying on the car. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kyle, what, what do you think about the fan aspect of some of these changes? That's a really good question. And I think, you know, my speaking on my behalf, you know, being a fan for 20 years or being in the sport for 20 years, um, you know, change is inevitable. Um, you know, whether yeah. it's been the playoffs or pit stops or whatever. But, I mean, for me, um, I know the pit stops are a lot faster now, now that they have the one lug. Um doesn't really bother me as bad as I thought it would. Um you know, I, and I, I absolutely agree with your point. I think that, you know, being in a, in a, in a, pit, a pit box or being near yeah. the pits, when you do have those five lug nuts, yeah, that's a big deal, you know, seeing lug nuts on that's pit road. That's a big deal for entertainment, the entertainment side of it, you know what I right. mean, Kyle? It's a sound that we're all used to. That's, that's hey, it says <laughs> nitrogen <laughs> packs, those air guns. I, I love it, and I know some people – you know, some of your fans may not really, it may not even bother them, but some of your mechanical fans that love that sound, just like you said, Rowdy, zzz, 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 you know, hearing those guys go to it, it's exciting. And uh, Well, you, you walk down, you know, Terry, you'd walk down pit road before the race, and they would have a hub mounted onto that cart, their, two, their, wa- their war wagon. <laughs> Yeah. And those guys would get on their knees and they would go through that drill over and over. I mean, I've got videos of it. And well, I saw that right down Homestead. Yeah, that art now yeah. has been always. It's now it's from Xfinity down, but it's not up to the cup. It's it's that single nut. Yeah, yeah. That's hey, interesting. Know, it, it evolves. Everything evolves. You know, I'm. Look, Terry, I mean, your age, look how the world's changed in a short period of time. And, you know, if you it know, goes electric someday, what are we going to do for the sound? The, to me, I go for all my, at racing's a seven cents. You need to smell it, taste it. You know, you know, you need all those seven senses. And you let hey, Rowdy, I don't even want to talk about that because <laughs> I got these two cars here. The race cars fuel, and that's that's part of my excitement. Right. The sound of it, the 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 engine, the fuel. It's just it's just part of a muscle car. It's right. And, and, and I think things are changing. Kyle, I think Kyle's younger than us, so. Uh, but there, like you say, there's a lot of talk about these electric cars, and it'll it'll come over to race cars. Maybe we're not here, but um, man. Well, Terry, man, I appreciate you spending time with us tonight, going over Dover with us. Guys, anytime. I had a great time down at Dover, and I always have a good time on your show, guys. 
Terry, we we appreciate you stopping by, man. Thanks for and right. hey, feel, feel free to call back in. You catch us with a, a good subject on that. I, yeah, let's. Know, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll see what's going on. I'll I'll call you before next year, and we'll we'll chat a little more. I like talking to you guys. All right, Terry. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. All right, Terry Norm covered. Thanks, Dover Terry. Force. Thanks, Kyle. Good night. Good night. All right, Kyle. Man, uh, busy night tonight. Let's see. We we're down to what we got left we still got what right at 30 minutes uh we chase is going to be short too so let's let's do uh i tell you what let's do the winner of the arca east race uh tyler gray first uh kyle All right, we are now joined by taylor gray driver of the number 17 dgr ford the winner of tonight's Arkham Menard Series East Race from Dover Motor Speedway. Taylor, just take us through the race from your perspective. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was uh, it was pretty uh, pretty uneventful, which was good for me. <laughs> um, but I feel like clean air was really really good. But we still had a really good car, um, not in clean air, which was which was super nice. Um, just I can't thank all my guys enough. We've worked all all winter long on this new race car that we've got and uh it uh you know works paid the hard work's paid off finally so i feel like we finally have caught up to jgr which is a good thing you know we've been working really hard to, and making gains and i feel like with this new car it's really gotten us the edge to be in front of them and and, and be better so you know we'll take this momentum and uh, go to nashville and, and see what we can do Speaking of the new car, you put the Ford Mustang in victory lane here at Dover in its ARCA East debut. How does that feel? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, for Ford um, and everything, it, it, it's really awesome. Uh, you know, it couldn't have been a better day. I wish I wouldn't have slept up on that restart a little bit. Uh, I was mad at myself for, for that one. Um, but, uh, you know, we were close, leading almost every lap today, so I felt like that was a pretty good debut for it. Um, you know, we broke track record, so... So like uh you know had a pretty good debut and so we just gotta carry this momentum. All right, we will open up to questions. If you have a question, please raise your hand. Get a microphone to you. We'll start with Bob. Bob Parker's Fox Sports. Just what is the difference? I mean, with this car, does it handle better? Does it just feel like it has more power? What what what's the difference? Yeah, not more power. Um, just because we're in a, it's a spec motor, right? But just it overall just drives better. Um, I feel like just you know Ford did a really good job. Um, I mean, it's basically an old Cup car, right? With the body. I mean, obviously differences to to fit the ARCA rulebook, but I feel like Ford did a really good job at you know making those changes and and fitting it to the ARCA rulebook and um, you know getting what we can and, and making just a really good overall race car. What's Nathan? Nathan Son with a podium finish. Um, Taylor, uh, you led for most of the race there. Obviously, Jesse kind of got out front there for about 10 laps, but kind of where do you think that you were better overall compared to him? Say it again at the last part. Sorry. Uh, where do you think you were better overall compared to him throughout the night? I just felt like we were just... <laughs> I mean, on the short run, on the long run, on the even in the mid run, just 
overall just could carry more speed throughout the corner, could carry more throttle throttle time. Um, but, I mean, you know, it it's so hard to say just because I don't know what he was fighting, stuff like that. But I feel like just being consistent on the bottom um, and Chad Johnson making really good changes under the box on, you know, the track changing, um, you know, was really good. I feel like we made better change than anyone else. We uh, had a better race car than anyone else all day. So, obviously, that helps uh, with my job, but makes my job a lot easier. But just overall, um, just a really good job today and a really good race car. Go ahead, Justin. The tires, uh, congratulations. Um, so Sammy takes the first two of the year. Um, here you are uh, taking the third one. So going into Nashville, that's right around the corner. Uh, where do you feel like you're going to be able to capitalize on top of this momentum while Sammy kind of on the other side losing out on that some momentum? Yeah, I mean, I think in racing, momentum is like a big part of it. Um, you know, obviously good momentum and, you know, coming going to a different racetrack off of a high is, is really good. Um, we've won, you know, we won Phoenix and then now we come here and, and win here, um, just gives us a ton of momentum and a ton of, you know, good, uh, good energy going in, going to Nashville, you know, at about our new race car. We weren't really sure we, it was kind of unknown at, you know, going into here just with our new race car, it's a new chassis, new body. So we don't really know what's going to happen. So it's a complete unknown. Um, but you know, to answer really your question, I think it helps a lot, um, just got to keep working, keep working hard, and keep our head down. Um, I don't even know what the points looks like since he finished fifth. I'm not really sure, but um, I would think I would come out on the points later just because I was 12 back, but I'm not really sure. Go ahead, Chase. Chase Wilhelm, NASCAR.com. Uh, Taylor, that's a pretty uh, pretty unique trophy you have there on the table. Have you thought about where you're going to put it yet? <laughs> yeah, Monster Miles. Uh, well, this is Baby Miles, actually, but uh super cool trophy man that was probably one of my favorites of one one of my favorite trophies um on the circuit so pretty cool probably gonna go uh right in my living room <laughs> any additional questions for taylor going right to the living room kyle monster to mile. <laughs> That's a good place for it, Rowdy. Um, you know, that was also the debut of the Ford Mustang in the ARCA East Series uh, for Taylor Gray and David Gillen Racing. Um, we're hoping we can get them on. Uh, we're, we're still working on that. But uh, a dominant win. Uh, I know you and I, Rowdy, were talking about Sammy Smith coming into that race. Yeah. Uh, he was just going to, you know, uh, just take it all away from everybody. But it wasn't the case. It was Taylor Gray who wound up winning the pole in the practice qualifying session for the ARCA E-Series and uh, wound up leading 115 of the 125 laps in the general tire 125 and uh, getting the win. So, um, you know, a good good debut for the Ford Mustang and uh, definitely uh, another win for Taylor Gray, you know, coming at a place like Dover, um, not an easy place to win at. Now, Kyle, that's a pretty impressive win for uh, Taylor. And, you know, he's been on... <laughs> We, I've I've watched Taylor race several East races and he's been right there at it and to see him finally get that uh, congratulations Taylor Gray but uh, Kyle we got uh, the deadline room with the winner of Dover today in the Cup Series Chase Elliott uh, finally he's when I say finally I mean, he's got to win to 
go on to start the first round of the chase, which makes it a little easier to racing season now. All right, we're going to continue with our media availability here at Dover Motor Speedway with our race-winning team. We're now joined by the driver of the number nine Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet, Chase Elliott. Uh, we will go straight to questions for Chase. If you have a question for Chase, please raise your hand, and we'll get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start there with Zach. Zach Sterniolo from NBC Sports. Chase, you guys have been running well. I know I just asked Alan about this as well, but... Um, I guess what what has your mindset been over these first 10 races? You've been on top of the, the point standings, but haven't really uh, consistently shown that race wing speed while you got while your teammates have found victory lane. Um, how does how has that affected your mindset over these first 10 races, and how rewarding is it to get to victory lane today? Yeah, I'm not sure it's really affected my approach. I mean, I like you know I, I want to do good every week regardless of what's going on around me. But um, you know, just just proud of our team for sticking with it. You know, I feel like we've had We've had a lot of pace at, at different times throughout the year. We just hadn't put an entire race together, really, um, until today. I feel, I feel like um, just, uh, you know, been been fast at one point or fast at another or just, you know, not not quite putting it all together all in uh, in one, you know, three-and-a-half, four-hour time frame. And, and it was just nice to do that today. So just proud of our team, proud of Alan. Um, and, and really just our entire group for continuing to bring good attitudes to the racetrack and, and um, you know, coming in with, with the right mindset every week, regardless of, of what happened the week before. And, and to me, that says a lot about their character and, and, uh, and the kind of group that we have. So, you know, as always, just really proud of them and excited to get a win still fairly early in the season. So uh, that's always a good thing, good opportunity to build some more wins and some more bonus points before we get, uh, you know, get to the playoffs and, and – um, you know, a lot of racing left, though, for sure. We'll go to Dustin and then Bob. Dustin Albino, jski.com. Uh, Chase, this is the first oval that you've scored multiple wins on in your cup career, and you have nine top fives and 12 starts here. So I'm curious, like, what, what is it about Dover that kind of suits your driving style? Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. You know, I, I feel like uh, Jeff and Alan had a great, you know, great package here to start really before I came along. It was much like the road courses, really. Um, you know, when you – when you step into a, a situation that is, you know, has a really nice foundation as you're trying to learn, it makes that learning process a lot easier. Um, so I I would say that probably falls under that category uh, more than more than anything that I do, you know, special behind the wheel. <clears throat> Go to Bob. Uh, Bob Potters, Fox Sports. Were you concerned at all about tire wear on that last run, and especially when you have that big a lead, are you thinking at all about like how much can I, I want to say save, but were you trying yeah. to conserve? Well, I was certainly thinking about it. You know, we, we had had some, uh, you know, some recording issues on and off throughout the day. It had been getting better those last two runs. Um, and just based on how hard everybody was driving, you know, the fact that it was getting better with the, you know, added aggressiveness over the last couple of runs made me feel better about it. So um, I had a better feeling. I, I still felt like there was going to be a caution. We hadn't had, I don't think we ran that long all day. Um, so I felt like the odds of us getting a caution and the fact that we were leading uh, was pretty high. So I was just kind of waiting on that, as always. Um, but, you know, fortunately didn't get one, was able to run it out, kind of control our gap there and, and uh, you know, get uh, you know get Napa and, and uh, our team back to back to victory lane. I'll go to Dan. Thanks, Dan Gelson, Associated Press. Chase, I mean, um, what's the mood for you and, and around the shop when you see your you know, other three teammates win? Do you, do you feel 
obviously you want to win, but do you feel pressure yeah. to, to match them? Is it good natured stuff around the, the shop or not really? Yeah, or? yeah look, I, I want to win always. You know, it's like, uh, you know, that there, there's a lot of noise, and, and, you know, I understand you guys are doing your jobs, and, and I respect that. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I want to win just as bad, you know, at Daytona at the start of the season when no one has any stickers on their cars just as bad as I do when we get to Phoenix, you know, at the end of the season, regardless of what has gone on. So, you know, look, my my drive to win and my drive to do my job to the best of my ability doesn't change whether we are struggling, whether we are doing very good, whether I'm in a contract year, whether I'm not, whether my teammates have won and I haven't. Like, those circumstances are fine and cool and great, um, but I want to do my job to the very best of my ability all the time, no matter what, no matter the track, no matter the circumstance, always. Does that answer your question? Thank you. Go to Davey. Davey Siegel, front stretch. How did you think that the next-gen car at this track compared to the previous iteration? You know, different. I mean, there's certainly some differences. I think the tire is different, you know, just the, the way the tire is constructed. But, uh, you know, it felt without like getting into some super fine details, pretty similar. I would say it would probably be the best way to describe it for, for uh, you know, just uh, everybody, you know, watching the race and, and the fans. Very similar. I don't think it looked a ton different, you know, from the outside looking in, just watching guys race around each other. It looked very similar to races of old. Um, there are some, some details in, in how the cars drive that, that are differences that, you know, we'll certainly try to attack and, and make better before we come back. But overall, from a general point of view, pretty pretty similar to over. You think the tire was a big change as well? Seemed like it to me. You know, it seemed like it had an impact on how the cars drove. Um, we, we had a, a little bit of room to move around, not a ton, but, um, you know, it, it did promote some, some movement there later into a run. We just never had a super long run, to be honest with you. I mean, I think that last run was our longest, and it was only, you know, what, 65 or 60, something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I would like to see, you know, some longer runs. I think that probably – tells the story of the tire more so than, you know, short restarts and, and little stints like that. Go back to Zach. Did you guys, um, how did the rain delay and postponing it from yesterday to today, how did that impact how you guys approached today after 75 laps of actually racing yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I you know, for us personally as a team, you know, we were able to kind of think about our struggles yesterday, and, and I actually feel like it might have helped us a little bit. Um did it change the results? I don't know. I mean, I think we probably would have ended up probably uh, headed in the same direction with our car, but it did give us some more time to think about it. But really, other than that, it's not not a ton different. You just kind of go to bed and, you know, Groundhog Day, you know, just try again. But uh, had less people here today, which was a bummer. That, that was a great crowd we had yesterday. Um, biggest crowd I've seen here personally since I've been racing, which I thought was really cool and, and uh, proud to see that. Anything final for Chase? All right, Chase, congratulations cool. on yeah. the win today. Thank you, guys. Ooh, boy, Kyle. He uh, wanted to know if I, he had answered that reporter's question there. That's pretty tough. Sounded like he had a lot of pressure on him to me. I think now that he's won and now that all 400 cars have won, I think there has to be pressure lifted off for sure. Um, like you were saying, Rowdy, and uh, uh, for Chase Elliott, I mean, 
you know, having a few. He's had some shots to win this year. You know, I know Cody passed a lot of cars, and you know, there's been some other races where he's had a shot, but uh, unfortunately didn't get it done. But, you know, finally got it done today at Dover. And, you know, he's had success there. Um, won in the fall of 2018, the playoff race. Uh, actually, my last cup race at Dover. And, uh, you know, it's definitely uh, good to see all 100 cars uh now winning, you know, it's still early in the season. I mean, it's only May. Um, you know, still got a long way to Phoenix. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, you're going to have to keep an eye on all four cars. Um, I know Kyle Larson had a busy weekend uh, at Dover and Bristol, flying back and forth. Um, and also uh, another thing, Rowdy, Alex Bowman. Um, I just wanted to mention, um, actually wound up running his 410 sprint car at Lincoln Speedway on Saturday night. So, um, very busy weekend, uh, regardless. I know with the weather, kind of throwing a wrench in everything. Um, good to hear that the crowd was good um, for Dover and uh, for Sunday. And, uh, you know, Chase Elliott finally, you know, getting that success, finally having a race go his way, uh, another another winner on the 2022 season. And uh, I think we'll probably see that nine-car in victory lane again this year at some track. I don't know where yet, but, um, you know, Darlington could easily be another one. Where Chase Elliott uh, gets a win, uh, I know Rowdy, uh, you'll be up up close and personal with that. Uh, seeing the the next gen car um, run at Darlington, see how that'll be. Um, all three series are going to be there, so um, you That's got a lot to play time. coming up. Uh, but uh, you know, looking forward to the Darlington Throwback Weekend, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see who comes out with the first one at Darlington with a new car. Well, Kyle, there again, you know, it's who you know when you go places and. Uh, Curtis, track president, and I met it at the uh, NASCAR banquet in the ballroom upstairs. He asked if him and his wife, Debbie, could uh, be at our table with us. And I'm like, hey, absolutely, and introduced himself. And we had a great time, Kyle. So I'm going to get to go back. Uh, I've got a pretty good history going back to Darlington. I was friends with... Harold Jr., whose dad, Harold Sr., built Darlington. So I've been there twice with a guy that knew what it was like in the day. You know, when Big Bill France slept in his bed at his house, Kyle, he told the story when Big Bill come to town, they rolled little Jr. out of his bed, and he'd sleep on a cot below Big Bill's feet and hang over the bed. So I'm looking forward to getting back to Darling. I was there for uh, the Labor Day race, Kyle. Great weekend, full house, man. It was full. Difference this time, Kyle? One nut on the not five and uh, the next-gen car. I'm looking forward to see how that next-gen leaves a stripe on the Darlington wall. I think practice and qualifying are going to be super important. Um, I know we, we, we've been stressing that a lot lately, but I think practice and qualifying is, is going to at least see who, who's going to be fast on Sunday. And, uh, you know, Darlington coming up, you know, you probably have the usual drivers run good there, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, um, guys who run up front there all the time. Martin Truex Jr., the defending winner of the race. Um, I know that, uh, you know, you'll probably see the usual suspects up front, uh, the usual drivers. Um I think, uh, you know, there's a lot, you know, going on. You got trucks Friday night, Xfinity on Saturday, Cup Sunday, so you have a full weekend. Um, I'm interested to see how the track's going to rubber in. 
uh, once we do see multiple series on the track and, uh, you know, how the track changes. So uh, it is a day race uh, for Sunday, um, a little different than the Southern 500. Um, yeah. 400 miles, you know, and, and Rowdy, you know, since, since the pandemic, you know, Darlington was the first track to, you know, host a NASCAR race after, you know, co- coming back from the pandemic in May of 2020. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of, lot to go with Darlington. And uh, I think bringing back that race in May has been great, having a second race there, um, you know, having just a 400-miler um, there. That's just kind of like, like it was in the old days, you know, um, having that spring race with the 400-miler. And, well, it used to be 500, but now, you know, it was 400 for a while. Now it's back to 400. And uh, having the Southern 500 back on its Labor Day date. So uh, just good to see Darlington going in the right direction. Um, I know Kerry Tharp's done a great job there at being the president there the last six years. And, uh, you know, um, can't, can't say enough and thank him for him his help along the way, um, now being a track president, going coming from the NASCAR uh, communications department and uh, going over to Darlington. So, uh, yeah, you got a lot to look forward to, Rowdy. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, you keep it keep it to RowdyMaglite.com, the Rowdy Maglite Racing Media Facebook page, Rowdy's TikTok, YouTube page um, for everything, and uh, we'll, we'll keep you as updated as possible. We're throwing content constantly, Kyle, and it'll be coming in Friday afternoon from Darlington, guys. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Get ready. It's going to be nonstop. Uh, Kyle, I appreciate tonight. I don't know, uh, you know, how I can tell you any more, man. You're important. Let's 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 keep it going, man. Uh, four guests tonight. I want to thank. Hey, first of all, Jake Finch and. Kyle, you know, like I know, we got a long history with Jake. We got a long history with Brent, uh, Sean Core. Appreciate Sean calling in. Got uh, Sean. Sean's one of those ARCA guys going to be racing a long time in ARCA. And then Terry helping us out at uh, Dover, guys. Appreciate Terry calling in and kind of paying attention. Like I said, Kyle, you know, you start making notes. You change the game plan on watching a race, you know, it becomes more of a little bit of a job, not not as a fan. So I appreciate Terry doing that. Kyle, thanks a lot, man. Without you, man, it's, it'd be a lot harder. No problem, Rowdy. And uh, before we go, I just want to mention um, the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars and Late Miles were at the Dirt Bristol Motor Speedway. Uh, over the weekend, uh, Ky- or I'm trying to think of one. Oh, I can't. I blanked out for a minute. Logan Shuhart won the first night at Bristol Friday night in the sprint cars, and then uh, Spencer Basin held off Kyle Larson Saturday night. Uh, Spencer Basin actually did win the uh, World of Outlaws race, my last World of Outlaws race at Port Royal last October. So uh, definitely had a lot McCray. of talent, you know. Tim McCready yeah, did win too at Florence Speedway yeah. in Kentucky. I did see that, Rowdy. That's right. Um, so a uh, lot going on. So hopefully we'll be back Thursday night. And they're back at it tomorrow night, I think, Kyle. Uh, he he had posted earlier. They're getting ready for the next one. So guys, hey, Thursday night it's gonna be kind of simple and quick because I'm on my way to Darlington and Kyle's on his way. So. Uh, We'll let you know who's calling in. But we're going to play Josh Williams. We got Josh in victory lane. And uh, Noah Gregson's 
Is that Noah's third dash for cash, Kyle, or the second? I believe it's his third. Yes. Man. That's $300,000, guy. Hey, hey. A lot of, show a lot me of money, money, Rowdy. Thanks. I'm telling Thanks you, show me the money. Hey, looking good in this Wednesday's fire suit. Not a bad looking car. No, it's not. Thanks to Wendy's for jumping in here and being part of NASCAR, guys. Good show, Rowdy. Good night. Thanks, Kyle. Lord. 